Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I am your host, Bill Montoya. Joining me again is Raf. We have a ton to talk about. Obviously, we have the uh, Raiders news to break into, but I did want to first give a hat tip to the Wyoming Cowboys winning the bronze boot. Second year in a row. Might even be third. I can't remember. I think it's the second. But um, they beat Colorado State at home 24-15 to and had just an amazing first half. I mean, held Colorado State almost scoreless. Um, it was just great football on both sides of the ball. A um, lot of, lot of uh, pressure on the quarterback. Colorado State has a really good passing game, and I believe they held them to under 100 yards passing in that first half. And then they did enough to, to hold on and, and end up winning that game, like I said, 24-15. So that was a, a great game to watch. Definitely enjoyed the hell out of that one. It's always great to beat your close rival. They, they have the uh, border war every year, so it, did you ca- happen to catch that one, Raph, or no? No, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Raph's not a true Wyoming fan. It's fine. <laughs> hey, you know, if if the stores down in, you know, Casper and stuff would have came through for me, maybe, maybe I would have found the spirit. Yeah. Well, speaking of found the spirit, uh, they are playing in Las Vegas this upcoming Friday, and I'm actually going to take the family down there to the game. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium, so for the boys, it will be their first time going to Allegiant, and I think it'll be pretty cool for them to see that stadium. Uh, Obviously, rather go when the Raiders are playing, but I think you could multiply the price of the tickets by about 10 (laughs) when the Raiders are there versus the UNLV Rebels, so... We'll be wearing our, our brown and gold and uh, supporting the boys and hopefully hoping for a good win. Um, UNLV's been really good this season. I think they are 6-2. and two, So got a pretty good record coming to this game. Obviously, Wyoming's sitting at the top of the conference, too. I think they're sitting fourth currently. So it's a, a matchup of two of the better teams. In They only have five wins? No, they're, they're fifth. Wyoming's fifth? Yeah. Air Force, Fresno, UN, Boise, Wyoming. Oh, that's right. Boise has the, the tiebreaker because they beat them head-to-head. That's right. Okay. Um, even, though, even though Boise's four and five. Right. But they beat the Cowboys head-to-head, and I think they have the same record in the division, right? Or in the conference? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so anyway... It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to go. And uh, I'll definitely have to update the page and share some pictures from there with the family. So should be a good time. We're planning on meeting uh, Eric Polly down there as well. So he's obviously the sideline reporter for Wyoming. So get to shake his hand, catch up with him a little bit, and then watch the boys play, see how they do. So um, anything else you had college football-wise? Uh, before we nah. share the good news, no, nah, there's nothing really too much going on. <laughs> All right, so this has been a long time coming. We'll we'll go straight into the NFL, and I did want to address the the Raiders news that obviously I would have been much happier to address last week, but when it when it actually happened, but um, Tuesday evening. Mark Davis announced that he let go of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, which I think at the point that he did it, the Raiders had become kind of the laughing stock of the league, even though obviously they were far from the worst record. Uh, There was the constant headlines of Josh McDaniels basically wasting the talent that's on that roster, uh, not being able to score 20 points a game, even though he's, "Quote unquote," a offensive mastermind. So, um, it was long, long overdue, in my opinion. I know Mark wanted to preach patience because he gave him, he gave them six-year deals, and he's already paying John Gruden not to coach the team. So, um, kudos to Mark. I mean, biting the bullet on that. He obviously, like I said, he wanted to be patient, but at the same time. 
he saw that the team was regressing instead of getting better as the season went on. Uh, it sounded like there was the Packers game. He was very upset because it ended up coming down to essentially an interception to, to seal that game at the end. But had Amik Robertson not picked that ball off, I mean, they and it went to the receiver, we probably would have lost that game. And then against the Lions, I mean, the offense was basically non-existent. Uh, that game looked a lot closer than it was on paper just because the Lions kept kicking field goals knowing that they didn't really have to score touchdowns against the Raiders. And even though we forced turnovers, I mean, they still beat us by double digits. Uh, offense only scored one touchdown, and then we had a pick six by Marcus Peters that made it look a lot closer than it really was. Uh, they scored 14, I believe, the Lions only scored 27, but they easily could have scored in the 30s, potentially even 40s if they had gone for touchdowns instead of field goals. So um, it was a lot of – there were a lot of things leading up to the decision, obviously, like I said, Lions game, Packers game, but then in the locker room as well, uh, you had Devontae Adams after the latest loss to the Lions. He threw his helmet because, I mean – Jimmy Garoppolo could not get him the football. Just constantly overthrowing him or underthrowing him. I mean, it was a, a terrible performance in, in every sense of the word on the offensive side of the football. Defense did enough to keep us in that game, but like I said, they were on the field for more than 40 minutes in a 60-minute game. So pretty tough way to, to, to leave your defense hanging there. But um, I don't know. I, I felt like it was – time and obviously you saw Antonio Pierce was named the interim head coach Antonio Pierce was a uh, great linebacker for the Giants in their Super Bowl wins against the Patriots so uh, that was actually one of the tipping points apparently is he brought that up in the locker room when they had their all hands on deck like air out all your grievances meeting with Josh McDaniels right before he got fired um and apparently Antonio Pierce brought up the Giants beating the Packer or the Patriots in that season where they were undefeated going into the Super Bowl. And apparently Josh McDaniel said, don't talk about the Patriots like that ever again. And so Mark kind of saw that as drawing li lines in the sand and couldn't see that continuing as such. So um, one thing I will say right off the bat, after the change, it's a completely di different atmosphere Atmosphere in that building. The guys are a lot more jovial. Even Devontae Adams, he only got like four catches in the last game, 35 yards receiving or something like that. But how he was acting in the locker room after the game, you, you never would have been able to tell that he only had that many catches. He looked like he just went off for 200 yards. I mean, he was excited. The team won, obviously. They were all smoking cigars in the locker room. Um, <laughs> just really upbeat energy. So I, can, I can't I can say what Mark Davis is going to do going forward, um, I, but I do think if Antonio Pierce leads this team to a winning record and they get into the playoffs, I think he would be um, very apprehensive to go a different route because of what happened with uh, Basaccia last year, or two, two years ago, excuse me, uh, where he took them into the playoffs. They let him go and brought in McDaniels, and we obviously saw how that turned out. So I think Mark Davis, obviously, hat tip to him, being willing to, eat, to bite the bullet on four more years plus of that salary. Um, but we'll see what he does with this hiring decision because ultimately if if – he just fires McDaniels and then, you know, brings someone else in and you're constantly doing the uh, revolving door. I mean, we need to see some results in this next hiring, whether it's Antonio Pierce or whoever else it might be, Ben Johnson from the Lions. I don't know. But ultimately, you, you have to make the right decisions if you want to move the, the franchise forward and bringing in another coach. I mean... Obviously, he hasn't made good hires since he's been the owner of the team since his dad passed away. So we got to change something up. But 
I think that's all I really had with the Raiders, um, other than saying that was the first time they scored more than 20 points on offense all season. And obviously it's the Giants, so you can say, yeah, it's the Giants with the backup quarterback. They're not a good team, even with their starting quarterback in Daniel Jones. But all season you've seen us play down to the competition. I mean, against the Broncos, we only beat them by one in week one. Um, who else did we beat that's not a good team? We lost to the Bears that at that point were a one-win team. So all of our wins up to that point in the season, I think we had – four-point win at the most against the Patriots or Packers or maybe both. So, both. Yeah, that's what both. I thought. Uh, so are, we still have a negative point differential even with a 24-point win in this one. So obviously you got to make some progress there. you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and uh, hopefully at least make games competitive against teams that aren't or that you're not expected to beat. So like I said – I'd love to see what Antonio Pierce does the rest of the season and if he's able to get them to 9 and 8 or I I don't think they'll win 10 games but you know on the off chance he gets them and really gets them into the playoffs I mean at that point I feel like you got to just take that interim tag off so we'll see what happens with that um year 49ers coming off the bye they've obviously lost 3 games in a row uh how how's the vibes in uh, San Francisco Santa Clara, um, excuse me. <laughs> um, well, I, I would say, like, without that trade deadline falling where it is, um, and then having the bye week there, like, if we had played this week, I don't think things would have gone well. Um, but with the bye week and then, you know, getting Chase Young, picking him up, I feel like that's going to kind of give everybody a little more energy, having that kind of extra talent. I mean, we shouldn't need him, but hopefully, I, I think it's really going to help out the whole thing. And then just having that week off, trying to get, everybody can get their head straight. Um, the, uh, the talk about Wilkes has died down stuff a little bit but I'm thinking if they don't get three plus sacks a game then you know what are we doing <laughs> with all that talent we have yeah um, I I really like bringing in Chase but I don't know how much of an impact he'll have right away I mean everything he said about the locker room has been positive obviously um he said he's not even worried about his contract because he's just happy to be part of a winning organization. And uh, <laughs> vibes are definitely different in San Francisco, so I guess that's good to hear. Um, but there's still a lot of talk about, you know, this is the first time that Purdy has had any struggles in his career up to this point. So there's already been people saying like, oh, we need to probably do something about Purdy at this point. Um, I know that's not the narrative, around the 49ers but has that quieted down at all or are you still hearing a lot uh, of that i mean from from the pages i follow it's it's calmed down a little bit um obviously all our haters are still going to talk about it um but then even them like you know the seahawks and stuff with the week they had they're they quieted down <laughs> We'll, so. we'll, we'll definitely get into that. That was uh, quite the ass-whooping that they took. And, man, I can't wait to get into the uh, top five teams at this point in the season because there's so much parity from what you would have expected going off of last year. Um, but, no, I, I think you guys – I think the buy hit at the perfect time for you guys to kind of get a reset um, – get some things solved and yeah, bringing in chase young. I think that'll help that pass rush. So I'm excited to see what you guys do. Although it's not really an easy test going up against the Jaguars. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good team, but you know, there's questions whether, you know, how elite they are, but, um, it's, it'll definitely be a good test. And but, if, if we can make a good showing here, I think that'll do a lot 
for the team moving forward. They're they're definitely not pushovers by any means. Sure. So. All right. Um, okay, so let's just get into the standings through week nine in the NFL season. Um, whoa, it's not what I was trying to do there. So just going through this. Oh, and Benny. I don't know why those comments were coming through all weird, but yes, the Raiders getting smoked by the Bears is more embarrassing than losing the Lions, for sure. We were expected to lose the Lions, but we were expected to beat the Bears, and we got the brakes kicked off of us. So, um, Okay, going into week nine, or I guess through week nine, these are the standings. We'll start with the AFC East, and stop me if you have anything to... Uh, add to any of these but we have the Dolphins sitting at six and three Bills at five and four Jets at four and four and Patriots at two and seven I think this division has been probably the biggest frauds to me um Dolphins (laughs) they've definitely kicked Uh, the crap out of all the teams that they've played that are you know under 500 but any of the quote-unquote contenders that they've played they've struggled against and they just lost in london to the chiefs uh germany yep that's what germany excuse me i forget that they're doing multiple places now overseas but yeah dolphins definitely didn't look good well i I guess they didn't look terrible they just offense wasn't putting up any points they had a little comeback in the second half um but there was just too much ground to make up there. But, yeah, yeah unfortunately. I mean, I love them because, you know, but they they don't have a chance the way they're playing. Yeah. Well, and my Bills, they've been uh... – I mean, well, it's a good Cincinnati team again. It's what everybody was expecting out of them. Yes. Yeah, so, and th- that's – We'll get to the Bengals for sure. I think the Bills have, when, they, when they've when they done well, is when they can hand the ball off to Cook and he does well. But when he's not doing that and Josh Allen has to be the run game, pass game, you know, it's, it's tough. And especially with him, he's got his shoulder issue that he's been working through for the last three weeks or so. So... He can't carry that offense right now, and he's not getting many contributions from anyone not named Stephon Diggs. Uh, Dalton Kincaid looked like he was going to be a huge addition to that offense, and obviously Dawson Knox is out right now on the injured reserve list, so um, Kincaid has had to step up, and he had a couple big catches, but then he also had that big fumble as they were mounting a comeback that basically just wiped out any chance they had. I think he fumbled around the 20-yard line or so, so right outside the red zone, or it might even been in the red zone, and um, the Bengals were able to recover, and then at that point it was kind of just not enough t- time left on the clock to get the amount of possessions required to, to come back and tie that game. So um, I think they'll be okay long-term. It's just a matter of they've got to overcome the loss of Matt Milano, They've got to get Josh Allen's shoulder healthy, and they have to establish a running game if they want to advance in the playoffs. I mean, the way they're playing right now, it I think it's too early to say that they're done, but it's definitely trending that way. If they continue to play the, the way that they are, it's going to be them looking on the outside of the playoffs. And, I mean, they're a good enough team to probably get into the playoffs, but I don't think they'll go any further than probably the first round the way that they're playing right now. Um, Jets, I don't think that's really a surprise for us. Their defense is exactly what we thought it was going to be, but obviously if you're counting on Aaron Rodgers to be your starting quarterback and you're running Zach Wilson out there, he's been playing better this season. Uh, But the last game they just played on Monday night, he played, well, I don't know if you can really blame that game on him. Obviously, he missed quite a few passes, but he was also getting pressured almost immediately. Uh, That offense looks pretty disjointed. They don't have a run game. So um, I don't know how much you can really put that on Zach Wilson, but he's definitely not the solution there. And I I think they're just kind of holding their breath to see (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is out there slinging 50-yard passes 
coming off. I think he's only been out two two months essentially for that Achilles surgery. So um, obviously that progression is faster than I think we've probably ever seen with a, an Achilles injury. So someone that's 39, I don't know if he maybe partially tore it and not fully or something, but it seems like a, an, a, a rather unusual progression recovering from that surgery. So, and then the Patriots, they, they've been awful all year. A um, lot of talk about the Washington commanders wanting to trade for Bill Belichick in this upcoming off season. And it sounds like Robert Kraft is potentially ready to move on. So we, we might see a, a major overhaul in that uh, building in this upcoming off season. So that's how it stands in the AFC East through week nine in the AFC West. We have the chiefs at the top, which is no surprise. They are seven and two chargers are four and four coming off their Monday night win against the Jets. Raiders are sitting at four and five and the Broncos are three and five. So no real surprises there. I think this is kind of what we saw the division looking like. I, I thought the Raiders would be in second place. Uh, but obviously with all the turmoil that's been going on there, I guess no surprise. Chargers, I th- I actually had them losing to the Jets on Monday night, so I was really surprised the way that they handled uh, the Jets. And like I said, a lot of that was on the offensive side of the football for the Jets struggling. But any surprises well, there I mean, for you other than? Uh, I mean, not really any surprises. Um, but, I mean, the Raiders have every opportunity to take that second-place spot. I mean, it might not end up in a playoff spot, but... Yeah. Well, and Broncos are obviously playing a lot better the last couple of weeks. They've, they've won two in a row. Um, I think the Raiders will end up second-place in that division because Brandon Staley, <laughs> he's always keeping other teams in the in the games, in the Chargers games. And then the Chiefs, I think the only surprising part for me is that their offense still hasn't been clicking, and they're still 7-2. and two. Um, It's almost like the roles reversed for this team. Their defense looks elite, and their offense is just doing enough to keep them in games, which for the last, you know, three seasons, it's been opposite of that. You had Chris Jones making those, like, closer-type plays where – They've kept him in the game long enough, and then he'll make that big sack to to close out the game. Um, but it, it's very much been roles reversed there. And the funny thing is, everyone's still talking about Patrick Mahomes like he's the MVP front runner when Russell Wilson has better stats in every passing category than Patrick Mahomes so far this season. And everyone's saying, you know, Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in the league and things like that. Um, obviously some of that, go ahead. Uh, you remember the little picture I made and I sent you, uh, you'll have to remind me figure thing. You send me stuff all the time. So no, the one I personally made the little stick figures. (laughs) Yes. What I remember it, but not completely. What, what did it say? (laughs) Oh, like, uh, who's that announcer guy? That's always, Oh, Chris Collinsworth. Yep. Like always goblin. Yes. I remember that now. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, so like I said, the only surprise there really is just how how the Chiefs are getting it done for me, but no surprises in, in the standings. AFC North. Now, this one has been very puzzling for me because it seems like every week we have one of the teams that's like, oh, very surprising. They must be the team to beat in that division. Uh Ravens are currently sitting at 7-2, and two, and they're coming off two huge wins. I can't remember who they played the previous week, but last week they played, or I guess week 9, they played the Seahawks, who everyone, including us, had them as, you know, some of the, are one of the better teams in the NFC, and they just beat the brakes off of them, so. <laughs> they, um, yeah, I was, it, I was expecting a close game. Yeah, me too, and it. Um, was not close at all. I didn't. I didn't. I. Sh- I wish I could have watched it. I would have loved to see that. But um, the week before, they had a close game against the Cardinals. But then, the previous week, they beat the brakes off the Lions. That's who it was. Yeah, Lions. Another you know potential NFC top team, and they just destroyed them. So, 
it's weird about the the Cardinals in between because I don't know the Cardinals have been they've been bad <laughs> but they've played a lot more competitive in a lot of the games than we thought they were going to so Ravens sitting at the top of that division at seven two Steelers with no offense somehow sitting at five and three and Browns five and three Bengals five and three and I think the the most surprising part about this is how bad the Bengals were playing and honestly we were about ready to write them off and now they're right back in that race for the division and honestly they're other than the Ravens they probably look like the best team in that division and probably one of the top teams in the AFC honestly um, Joe Burrow's gotten healthy wide receivers are looking good the only concern I really have is Jamar Chase he just had that uh, reception where he did he catch that or did it end up being incomplete I don't know if you saw that play where he landed on his back really hard um I don't know if I saw that one okay well anyway he yeah I mean he landed hard on his back and they said that he may end up missing some time I think he ended up finishing the game but I'm sure after the adrenaline wore off and and he got out of the game and everything I'm sure he started to feel pretty sore from that hit so um we'll see what happens with that obviously he's their top passing target so if Burrow doesn't have him to go to things might get a little more complicated in that offense but right now everything seems to be clicking I mean they did very well against you guys and then yep (laughs) they did very well against the Bills as well so just seems like they're they're on that upswing now and didn't fall far enough behind to to write them off but we'll see how that ends up in the division i th- i think it'll probably be ravens at the top of the division and then Bengals second i don't well, think they Steve- um they they the Bengals play texans and then the following week on the 16th they play the ravens so i think we'll have a good picture of what's going to happen after that game yeah that'll be a, a definitely a game to keep an eye on AFC South, we already talked. You guys are facing the Jaguars. They're currently sitting at the top of the division at 6-2. and two. Texans at 4-4. Four and four. Colts at 4-5. and five. And Titans at 3-5. and five. So this division was is basically shaping up like we thought it would. You know, a lot of mediocrity with the Jaguars probably running away with it. But Texans, I mean, they have C.J. Stroud, and that kid looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Lemg, if you're watching, I'm sorry for uh, bringing that up, but I know you guys just beat him in the one game that he looked bad, but this last game, he rebounded. I think he almost had 500 yards passing, five touchdowns, and a walk-off touchdown right at the end to uh, Tank Dell. So that kid also looks like he's going to be a hit. Uh, Defense didn't play as well as I think we thought they would, and especially... Tampa Bay's defense didn't play very well in that game either. I think that game was originally the over-under was set at like 37. (laughs) And they damn near doubled that. So definitely not what Vegas was expecting either. But is this how you kind of see this division shaping up at the end? Um, Titans were sellers at the deadline-ish. They sold Bayard... I think they had one other trade that they made, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I didn't think the Titans right now would be at the bottom. Yeah, nor did I. I thought they would have been, like, second. For sure. Yeah, I thought Texans were still a year away from being competitive in that division. Colts, obviously, once Richardson went out, I thought that they would kind of slip to the bottom and... I thought the Titans would be a lot more competitive, but on the bright side for them, they do have Will Levis that looks like he may be the answer at quarterback going forward. Obviously very early to make that call, but his his first two starts have been very impressive as a rookie, so a lot of positives to take from him there. And In fact, Vrabel, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, they announced that he will be the starter going forward through the rest of the year, I- so... I just clicked on that page, and it was like nine hours ago, so yeah. today. Okay, so earlier today that they announced that. So barring an injury to uh, Levis, he'll, he'll finish the season as the starter. So they'll definitely see what they have with him. 
Tannehill's obviously on an expiring contract, so I think he'll probably be done for sure in uh, Tennessee. But we'll see if they're going to go forward with Levis. I don't think Malik Willis will get any more looks. Um, I don't. I. I mean, I think they've seen what they need to see from him. So maybe another team will take a flyer on him, make a trade, something like that. But he doesn't look like the answer there in Tennessee. I don't know why my camera keeps going so blurry. Like <laughs> I was about to mention it. Yeah, it just goes autofocus out for whatever reason. But Benny says Benny's making the prediction that Vrabel will be the Pats head coach next year after they get rid of Belichick and I don't know if the <sighs> Titans let him escape so early, but I'm gonna try just closing this filter thing and then reopening it and see if it gets less blurry. I I just that's better. You know, like Rayville hasn't he hasn't done that great, you know. I think he's like, done very he's, well with what he's been given. I don't know. You you got Henry there and well, yeah, but that's it. And then they've tried a bunch of retread wide receivers and didn't pay AJ Brown. So I don't know. Well, I mean, like. Is he not involved in any of that in those decisions and stuff? Or? Well, <laughs> when they made the trade for getting rid of A.J. Brown to the Eagles, I think you saw him in the draft room very pissed off, so I don't think that was his call. Oh, okay. I, okay, I didn't see that. I oh, just... I didn't know that you hadn't seen that. But, yeah, I mean, they showed him in the draft room as they announced the trade, and he literally got up and, like, started blowing off steam, walking around the room, like, absolutely pissed off. So I don't think he was on board with that move, and I think he's done several um, interviews since then and basically said, I don't know what we were doing getting rid of him. So, Which the GM that made that move isn't there anymore, so I think that's a pretty good indication that Brable didn't want what that team, to happen. What team did he go to? <laughs> the GM or? Yeah. I don't think he ever got another job. Oh. Well, I mean, they just sense. fired him last season, so. Um, okay, moving on. NFC East, this one puzzling for me. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, I think you pretty much picked this division to a T, but. Yeah, that this is exactly what I was expecting yeah. for this one. <laughs> I definitely didn't see the, the Giants taking the nosedive that they have. Um, but we have Eagles sitting at 8-1, and one, Cowboys at 5-3, and three, command, Commanders 4-5, and five, and then the Giants at 2-7. and seven. Like I said, I didn't see the Giants taking nosedive like they have. Obviously, Daniel Jones being banged up and not being able to protect him because of the, I think, the entire left side of their offensive line has been out a good chunk of the season so I'm sure that's contributed but really they just haven't had anything going on offense I think they're the the only team that the Raiders were worse than or excuse me they're the only team that were worse than the Raiders on offense up till week eight in the season till they matched up so obviously regression all over the field for them um Cowboys have been good against bad teams and not great against good teams, although they had op several opportunities to beat the Eagles in this last week. Uh, just a few things. Um, Dak Prescott stepped out of bounds on a two-point conversion right before he crossed the, the end zone line. Uh, they had the catch right at the end of the game where knee was down right before the ball crossed the end zone, so... I mean, they had plenty of opportunities to make this a closer game or potentially even win it and, and weren't able to. So Eagles are sitting right where we thought they would. I think this may be the year we have the repeat champion for the first time, and I believe it's 18 years in the NFC East since a, re or since a cha conference champion has – division champion has repeated. So we'll see what happens with that. Commanders, I think they are, like I said – They've been rumored in the Bill Belichick sweepstakes. That owner that just bought them, he's a huge fan of Belichick and would like to make a trade. So I don't know if that's just 
rumors or if that's actually been substantiated, but wouldn't be surprised to see him make a move because Ron Rivera, I think he's a great coach, but he hasn't done much since he's been there in, in Washington. So I just, I just wonder what's going to happen with Eric, the enemy. So, yeah, I think they'll probably make the move before the end of the season so they can give Biennemi a look. And if he does well, maybe he gets a chance to take over as head coach. But otherwise, they'll probably can the whole staff, if I were to guess. So, NFC West. The 49ers currently sitting at the top <laughs> because they went 0-0 last week against the bye. And the Seahawks lost. Rams have uh, potentially some bad news brewing it there with Stafford. They just brought in Carson Wentz as a backup because Stafford may not be able to go. And then Cardinals are currently sitting at 1-8. and eight. So you've got 49ers and, and Seahawks sitting at 5-3, and three, Rams at 3-6, and six, and then Cardinals at 1-8. and eight. So yeah. I know I mean, we it's, were... It's, you know, like that little... Friday joke about getting fired on your day off, but 49ers got a promotion on their day off. So Well, Josh McDaniels did get fired on, on the day off, so Benny just sent me the meme about that uh, from Friday right after they announced that move. How do you get fired on your day off? Yeah. Um, I think this division is shaping up exactly as I predicted. Um, I know the Rams showed some life at the beginning of the season, but they've definitely come down quite a bit. Some of that's got to do with uh, Matthew Stafford. But I, th- I said that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the, in the NFC. And they're, I mean, they're essentially there right now. Cardinals, like we've said, they've been a little bit feisty, but they're one and eight. So they're yeah, probably going to and- be picking towards the top. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, they got rid of Dobbs. They did get rid of Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, he went to Minnesota and won. Man, that was an impressive win. I was going to talk about that when we got to the NFC North. Yeah, pulled like a a Baker Mayfield, but, um, yeah, he wasn't even supposed to play, but. Yeah. But without Dobbs, Cardinals, zero points. (laughs) So. Well. I'm not sure when Murray's supposed to be back. They but. said it, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks, he'll be the starter this upcoming week. I can't remember who they're okay. playing, but yeah, I think they're gonna kick the tires on Murray and see if he can be part of the solution. If not, I think they'll probably move on from him this upcoming off season and draft a quarterback. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see which direction that they go, and maybe uh, old Calamari rejoins the MLB and he can go be part just, of another uh, poverty franchise in the Oakland A's. I just wonder um, if it's still the Caleb Williams sweepstakes because he ain't been doing so good either. Yeah, I mean, he he played very well this last week against uh, Washington. Tough to fault him for that. I mean, the team's has no defense at all in fact they just fired their dc but yeah the previous three weeks previous three weeks he had quite a few interceptions and and wasn't playing like himself lost to utah utah always seems to have his number so um i don't know i mean i feel like drake may has had a, a hell of a season and then there's been like the kid from washington i don't know how to say his last name i feel like it's phoenix Penix, I don't know. I always feel like there's a, a, a penis joke in there, but anyway. Um, I'm sure there will be a bunch of them. <laughs> yes. Bo Nix, obviously. There, there's been some rumblings about potentially Shadur Sanders, although um, Dion basically said that they're committed until... He said they won't enter the draft until 2025, so it sounds like they've got one more season of, of college football left in them. Um, but yeah, there's, I think (laughs) Benny, not a fan of Caleb Williams and he said it's pen X. So there we go. Thanks for the clarification there. Um, yeah, I think there was many 
NFL scouts that have said they can see five quarterbacks going in the top 20 this upcoming draft. So we'll see. I still think Williams is probably the, the number one because all the scouts are saying he's head and shoulders above everyone else that has ever come out except maybe Andrew Luck. So um, we'll see what happens with that. NFC North, you've got the Lions at the top sitting at 6-2. and two. Vikings have made a four-game winning streak come true, and they're currently sitting at five and four. Packers sitting at three and five, and then the Bears sitting at two and seven. What do you think about this division? Um, I mean, it's shaping up the way I thought it would. Vikings um, too. You had them at second. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't. I didn't have much faith in Love, and I definitely didn't have any faith in the Bears. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Vikings were losing some close games and stuff and like they should have last year. And I wasn't expecting the game that they had, but I'm I'm happy for Dobbs. So it still baffles me how he's able to like. I know he's like a NASA rocket engineer in his spare time, so it shouldn't yeah. surprise me that he can pick up a playbook or whatever. But essentially, Kevin O'Connell was translating the plays to him in the huddle, and then he was trying to just kind of pick up what he could and, and make throws as he as he saw them. But, um, yeah, Jalen Hall, no, Jaron Hall, there we go. He went out with concussion, so Dobbs got called into emergency duty, essentially, and went out there and won him a game. And sadly, they have a 16 positive differential, which is better than they had last year, even though they were 11-5 and five or whatever it was, 11-6. Um, so, yeah, I definitely didn't see them winning four games in a row at any point this season. Um, okay, maybe not the win streak. Yeah. But I, I did expect them to be, like, you know, 500. So, yeah, I think we thought, I think we thought the bears were going to be awful. I thought the Packers were going to be a little bit better than they are. Although three and five is not terrible, but they have not been able to score points all season. Uh, I thought the Vikings were going to have a losing record for sure. So I thought the lions were going to have like a 13 and you know, whatever the other 13 and four record and, and really walk away with this division, which, they definitely could, but the way that they played against the Ravens was a little bit surprising to me, and I don't know if it was just, you know, an anomaly or if that may be leading to more yeah. later on in the season. We shall see. It, but Yeah, it makes you think if they're frauds like the, the Dolphins a little bit. But. Yep. All right, lastly, we have the NFC South. <laughs> this division has... Really not disappointed at all. Um, you got the Saints sitting at five and four at the top of the division. They've won two in a row. Uh, Falcons four and five in second place. Bucks three and five, and then the Panthers at one and seven. Everyone in this division is on a losing streak except for the Saints. And honestly, the way that this schedule is shaping up, the Saints are facing a bunch of backup quarterbacks just from injuries and things like that. So there's a really good chance that they finish this. I I would say that they finish this at the top of the division and probably with a pretty decent record, a lot better than we thought they would just because of the, the matchups are so favorable the rest of the season. What's a lot better than, well, I (laughs) thought they were going to be second in the division with a losing record. And I think they'll probably end up with 10 wins. So I'll have to look to see what I I don't I don't know if I wrote it down or not but I think you had them at the top of the division but I think you had them at like nine and eight so yeah wouldn't be far off from your prediction that that sounds about right I was thinking I was looking at some of the teams and like uh, maybe like 10 and seven yeah I think but the way the way you said it I was like like what you you think they're gonna like win out I was like well no (laughs) but I think I had them at seven and ten taking second in the division or no, I think I actually had the Panthers at second in the division. So that's really bad. But, uh, 
I wasn't. I thought the Panthers would do a little bit better. Yeah, I thought they would do way better with the defense that they have. But I mean, offense has been non-existent. So, um, I think I had the Saints with like seven wins. I mean, I I know I had the rest of that division stacked up really close. So if they win ten games, I mean, that's three games more than I thought they would win, which is pretty significant, I would say. I mean, that takes you from being out of the playoffs to probably in. So, yeah, I think Falcons, I mean, they made the move to Tyler Heineke, and he is at least a serviceable backup, but Ritter didn't look like the answer. I just felt like they made that move too early because, yes, you are in a playoff mode now because the division's so winnable, but... At the same time, you already kind of know what Heineke is from his years in Washington. You don't know what Desmond Ritter is. And if you're going to make a move, I feel like you got to go get, you know, an actual starting caliber quarterback if you're going to start him over Ritter and say, okay, we don't need to see any more. Um, and, I mean, they've lost two in a row, haven't played well last few weeks. They should have probably beat. Who did they just play this last week, was it? Was it the Saints? Are you talking about Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. They they, they just oh they lost just lost to the Vikings. Vikings. That's right, and they had a pretty decent lead if I remember right. Before uh, Dobbs came in, I think they were up seven or ten maybe. But anyway, so I guess so. We've talked about all the divisions. We've talked about how, like if we're surprised by any of the the uh, standings as they they are right now. Who are your, and this is tough for me because I don't think the standings necessarily reflect who the best teams are in the in each conference right now. But if if you had to give me your top five teams in in both leagues, so just top five teams in the NFL right now, who who would you have and and rank them? Oh, and rank them? Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So, at the moment, I don't want this to be the top team, but I would say in the AFC, I would rank them Ravens, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Jags. Well, that's AFC. Are you saying all your... Oh, wait. NFL teams? Oh, five. I thought we were doing AFC, NFC. Well, you can do that. That's fine. Okay, who's oh, your no. NFC? Your, note, your, your notes do say top five overall. Okay. Um, you want me to go while you think then? Yes. Okay. I, I totally messed that up. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I have top five teams. I've got Ravens currently sitting at one. Eagles probably two. Chiefs, three. Bengals, four. (sighs) NFC is so hard for me because I feel like a bunch of them are frauds. I'm going to put you guys at five just because I don't feel like the last three weeks are indicative of the team that you have. So that's Ravens, Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers for my top five. Okay. Um, Benny says his are Eagles, Chiefs, Jacksonville, Ravens, San Francisco. I don't know if that's his exact order, but probably. All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess at the moment I would I would agree with the Ravens being on top. Um, I just. I'm I'm liking the way the Bengals look. 
I I still think I'll put them second. Um. The. The Eagles, though. They've had some. Like, you know, I don't like the Dolphins. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys or the Eagles. But. Some of that stuff that's been happening in those games. With the refs. Um, I don't know how far that's going to hold out. You know, like they. They beat the Commanders by a touchdown. You know. Cowboys almost had that game too. Yep. Um they they've had a lot of close games. They really like have. So That's I, why I can't NFC so hard for me. Yeah. Um I I just I can't put them third. Um the, with the moves will the move that the 49ers made. I'll have to put them third. But we'll definitely see come Sunday how they play. Whether or not that was a, a good choice. Um, but then the Eagles and then like the Chiefs are the same as the Eagles. Like they've been winning but they're not very convincing. Yeah. They definitely have a issues on offense and I think bringing back McCole Hardman was probably an admission that they're having a bunch of issues that they don't have the solution to on their roster so we'll see what happens with them okay now let's do bottom five teams in the NFL I'll go first um I think so let's say 32 we've got the Panthers um, I think they are, yeah, I think they're probably the worst team in the league right now, which is surprising because I think last year they had a very good defense. Offense was, you know, not doing its part, but I thought they would have some solutions. But Bryce Young struggled. I think Frank Reich has struggled as well, play calling, and obviously that's why they made the move to make the OC the the actual play caller. Um, I think they'll be and obviously they don't have a their first round picks going to the to the Bears. So I'm gonna say Panthers are the worst in the league right now. And then I would say that second worst is the Giants right now, especially with all their injury issues. Um, Bears just above the Giants. And then you have Cardinals. I might put I might put Cardinals before the Bears. So Bears Bears would be the fourth worst. And then I'm going to say that the Packers have a decent defense. I would say the Rams just because of the I mean they're essentially a Matt Stafford injury away from being one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, you saw what Ripien did, and that's why they made a move to bring in Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz isn't a starter in this league either. I mean, he's shown that in multiple locations. So if if Stafford's injury lingers on at all, I think they're going to be picking right towards the top, which maybe they don't even have that pick because for the longest time they've been shipping off all their first-round picks to bring in different stars. So... I have to have to do a quick check on that to see if they have it. So I would say, yeah, Panthers, Giants, Cardinals, Bears, Rams. Who you got? I will say the Cardinals will be the, the worst, I think. Um, Even with Calamari? Yeah, I, I just... Even though if he comes back, I just I don't see the team rallying to him. Fair, you know, like, um, and then as especially after that, I mean, it wasn't Murray playing, but you know they just got smoked. Um, whatever motivation they are gonna have for practice is gonna be non-existent. 
Um, then I would probably uh, I, I didn't see the last game. I didn't see how well I, I guess Bagnet kinda kept a minute. Um I don't know, part of me is thinking like you know, not necessarily like always talent, but like the locker room atmosphere. Yeah. Like um Well, so, I think Eberflus or uh, Ron Rivera are probably the next I, I would guess they're probably pretty high on the Vegas odds for next coach to be fired. Eberflus is probably leading that category, so the Bears might have a completely different atmosphere here soon, but and they they should yeah, that, get that's, Justin Fields back soonish too. That that's like what I'm trying to predict is like what is that atmosphere going to be like? Um. So, yeah, Cardinals the worst. I would say Bears second, Giants third. I feel like the Panthers, they, they, they're like, they just need a good win coming up. Who are they playing? <laughs> they need a good win and uh, two wide receivers. Uh, where, where are they? And an off-season growth surgery for their quarterback. <laughs> I mean, if they have a good showing against the Bears this week, then I, I feel like that could kind of help them. I mean, they play the Cowboys the week after, which isn't going to be good. But um, I've heard uh, I've heard there is a surgery that they can do where they essentially break your uh, leg bones and then put, like, some stretchers in there so as they continue to grow back, the fractures, they just stretch it more, and then it essentially can give you like three inches of height. So maybe, I, I think it's kind of a long recovery though, like six months. So maybe if, if they just shut Bryce down the rest of the season, get him that growth surgery, then maybe he can uh, see over the offensive line. I just... <laughs> Modern... Modern problems require modern solutions, Raph. I don't know. I, I, I feel like the the Panthers might just have more hope than, like, the Giants, Bears, or Cardinals. And then, I guess, as far as the Rams go, we'll just have to see how that Stafford thing plays out. But I, I put them at fifth worst. Okay. All NFC teams. Yeah. <laughs> NFC's real NFC's, bad. Yeah. Not doing so hot this year. Yeah, I... I think the Broncos could potentially be on that list, but they weren't as big of sellers as I thought they were going to be. And like I said, they've had some positive momentum the last couple games. I think they've, they're they on a two-game win streak, if I remember right. So um, not that they were really convincing wins, but wins yeah, win. I mean, you know, yeah, they did beat the Chiefs. So That was a convincing win. Um, obviously, Mahomes had the built-in excuse of, He's sick. Oh, yeah. oh, it's sick. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> All right. He had like a broken leg or something and won like the Super Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly a pretty torn up ankle. But I don't know. He seemed to be walking fine after the game and all that fun stuff. So Parade was walking fine. I think they kind of played that up a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure they did. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all I had. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to bring up before we called it. Uh, nah. Okay. Well, we will see how our teams do. You guys, like we mentioned, face the Jaguars on a three-game losing streak. So see if you guys can exercise those demons and maybe your Chase Young feller gets a, a three-sack game like my guy, the Mad Max Condor, <laughs> Mad Max Crosby. Um, 
Raiders. Well, are... I don't. I don't need Chase Young to get three sacks. I just need the 49ers to get three plus sacks. <laughs> they should be able to do that. But Chase Young, he's going to have a, a coming out party here, getting out of that, that negative nice. environment. And then my Raiders are facing the Jets coming off that Monday night football loss. So Sunday night football might be a uh, snoozer between the, the Raiders and the Jets, especially if the Jets play like they did last Monday night. Um and then, like I mentioned at the top, let's go Pokes. Be there in person, Las Vegas, Friday. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to those pictures and stuff. So, All right. We will catch you guys on the next episode. And all, as always, we thank you for tuning in.